The Chicago Blackhawks total just three goals and lose each matchup during their three-game road trip. I'll break down what went wrong for them over the weekend, Lucas Reichel getting healthy scratched, and Wyatt Kaiser and Isaac Phillips being reassigned to Rockford. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. As always, thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your week. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman 2. Or you can also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And also, per usual, just a quick reminder to please go and help me out by showing some support down below. Go and smash that like button for me. Comment down below as well as to your thoughts on Lucas Reichel being scratched in Sunday's matchup against the Wild and Wyatt Kaiser and Isaac Phillips being reassigned to Rockford. I'm really curious to hear what all you fans have to think about some of these latest moves. And last but not least, of course, make sure you're subscribed to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. If not, what are you doing? It won't cost you anything. It's 100% free, and it really does help me out tremendously. So please make sure to take care of that real quick. And you can also go and turn on those push notifications by ringing the bell, and that way you'll get notified when the episode is uploaded to YouTube each and every day. And today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is brought to you by FanDuel, the best place to bet on the NFL. Sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to start earning bonus bets by simply placing a $5 money line bet with America's number one sports book. All right, good afternoon, everyone. As always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. I hope everyone's week is off to a lovely start here and that everyone had just a phenomenal weekend, even though we certainly know our Chicago Blackhawks did not as they wind up losing all three games during their three-game road trip, scoring just one goal in each of those three matchups. And it was kind of the same story, but just a different game, just a different day. The Chicago Blackhawks looked like the same squad in each of those matchups during the road trip. And unshockingly, they kind of got the same result. I'll be breaking all of that down here in just a moment. But the first thing I want to get to to kick off today's eventful show, we got a ton of stuff to break down here on the podcast. I actually meant to get this out a little bit earlier in the day, but had some roofing repairs going on along with some gutter cleaning. So there was some banging going on uh, with my roof this morning, which was, you know, a little bit obnoxious, but also meant that I couldn't get the show out. So apologies for that. Like to get it out here soon in the afternoon, recording at about one o'clock. But anyways, a very chaotic Last couple of days for our Chicago Blackhawks caught up in a pair of woeful losses. First and foremost, prior to Saturday's game against the Winnipeg Jets, we kind of saw some surprising and some unsurprising roster transactions as Wyatt Kaiser and Isaac Phillips were reassigned to the Rockford Icehogs for Kaiser. I think it was a little bit more expected, but 
for Phillips, I certainly was caught a bit off guard here. And based on the reaction I saw from all you Blackhawks fans on social media, it seemed like for the most part, you all felt the same way. And then with those two heading down to Rockford, not only did Jared Tenorti get re, uh, reactivated off of injured reserve, which uh, is a great sign, obviously he'd been out for the last month due to an oblique injury, but they also had to call up another defenseman from Rockford with there being an available spot. And who did they elect to call up? None other than six foot eight, 2027th round pick Louis Crevier. Definitely the most surprising news of the bunch here uh, of the roster transactions that the Blackhawks made on Saturday, but kind of breaking them all down in their own parts. First, I'll start here with Wyatt Kaiser. As I said, out of the moves that the Blackhawks made, this was the one I think we all kind of saw coming the most given Kaiser struggles defensively and also his inability to stay out of the box. And he had just kind of put together a couple of stinkers in a row there. And it felt like his game was just trajecting in the wrong way. And in total on the season, look, looking at the numbers, they're obviously not good, but more so than that, I'll get to the numbers here in just a second. The biggest thing that stood out to me was it felt like Kaiser just really wasn't playing to his strengths. Yes. There were times where he was using those good wheels of his and his kind of precision and elusiveness to skate the puck out of harm's way. And coach Luke Richardson even alluded to that, but there were also times where trying to do too much with those skills kind of got him in trouble. And then on the flip side, all his offensive upside that we saw uh, in college with Minnesota Duluth and at the past world junior when representing uh, the United States, we just didn't really see all that much of it. It felt like he wasn't really, giving the Blackhawks much on the offensive side of things and wasn't the impact impacting the game all that much in those areas. So it, it was just kind of, um, kind of a collision of two negatives for Wyatt Kaiser, you know, offense and puck moving and his transition abilities always feel like they're going to be his skills at the NHL level. I'm sure he'll, you know, develop a, and the hope is that he's going to develop into a much better and sturdier defenseman, but I still don't think that's ever going to be necessarily his bread and butter. I think he can be a susceptible defensive defenseman, but I always think the best parts of his game are going to be what he can do with the puck in the offensive zone and in transition to help his team going into that direction. So we weren't seeing that. And he was also just kind of stuck in the defensive zone time and time again, which is also part of a symptom of this Blackhawks team just not being good. They're having to defend a lot and it's putting a young uh, undersized and inexperienced Wyatt Kaiser in a, in a bunch of tough situations. So ultimately, I think we all kind of saw this move coming for Wyatt Kaiser. It felt like it was just going to be inevitable with the way that he had been playing, but I don't think it should be the most discouraging thing in the world because I, I put this out on social media. I always thought Rockford was going to be the plan for Wyatt Kaiser. I, I really thought that's where he was going to begin this season after getting a little taste of NA NHL action following uh, the end of his junior season last spring, but he just had such good of a, a training camp, which Richardson said as well, that the Blackhawks simply couldn't keep, couldn't, couldn't not keep him on their opening night lineup. And then they were just giving him opportunities to kind of bounce back and find his footing and his confidence all throughout the opening 21 games of the year. And that just never happened. But again, now this gives him gets him kind of back on the path that I was expecting. And it shouldn't be the end of the world that, you know, his first full NHL stint didn't go to plan. He's still very young, uh, only 21 years of age. And again, undersized and defensemen who are undersized normally take a little bit longer. So he's going to go down to Rockford, get a lot of good time there, play a lot of meaningful minutes. 
Uh, I'm not discouraged by it whatsoever, but I am uh, really hoping to see Wyatt Kaiser kind of get back on track in this, you know, middle to second half of the season or for however long he remains with the Rockford Ice Hogs. For Isaac Phillips, this one caught me off guard for sure, Blackhawks fans, because while Phillips was paired with Kaiser and yeah, they were out there for a lot of goals against, at least in comparison to Kaiser it had been pretty clear to me the difference in their games and in their experience and just kind of their composure and their confidence in their abilities uh, at this very point in time. And I think that's a result of Isaac Phillips going down to Rockford these last couple of years, right? And marinating there and getting that experience and racking it all up. And he's fine-tuned his game as well since we've seen him, you know, kind of shockingly make his NHL debut. Shoot, I think that was three years ago now, man. It's crazy how time flies. But in this past stint, I thought he was getting more and more um, confident in his plays, especially his puck handling in the offensive zone. Three assists in his final five games before being reassigned. Just looked more and more sure of himself on a, on a gamely basis and just more physically capable to sustain this level, at least in comparison to Wyatt Kaiser being a little bit older and, and more mature uh, along those lines. So, or a little older in terms of experience, I guess I should say. So that one certainly caught me off guard. I felt like why, or I felt like Phillips just doesn't really have all that much more to prove at the AHL level. Like felt like it's just the time to give him some NHL runway and to see what he's got. And that's kind of the name of the game for the Blackhawks this season. We know they're not going to be any good. We knew that coming into this year. Maybe we didn't expect them to be this bad, but it's the name of the game was kind of figuring out what we have right now and then what we need to go and get and where we need to grow. And I think allowing Isaac Phillips to regularly get NHL action is allowing the Blackhawks organization to kind of figure it out at the same time as well. So I personally do not understand this move. I would have liked Isaac, uh, I, I keep calling him Kaiser. I would have liked to see Isaac Phillips remain up in the NHL, but maybe the only thing I can keep in mind is a couple of things that they didn't want Phillips playing his offling. I don't think he's been doing that a ton in Rockford, but don't quote me on that. Um, but maybe they didn't want him playing his offling as consistently, although in his uh, return to the Rockford Ice Hogs on Saturday, he was still on the top defensive pairing with Wyatt Kaiser playing on that right-hand side. So maybe that's another part of it. Maybe the Blackhawks are wanting those two to establish some further chemistry with one another down in Rockford and be that top anchor pairing for them. Um, that's the only thing that I can think of because I really do think it's a, a disservice to the Blackhawks and Isaac Phillips for him not to be in the NHL right now. Good to see Jared Tenorti back, though. Uh, I know his play is kind of up and down and sporadic, but a really good veteran leader and a guy who'll go out there and, and shot block and be a good I don't know how good of a penalty killer he'll actually be. It wasn't a great weekend for Jared Tenori, but just a good veteran clubhouse type of guy. But I will say with his return and Nikita Zaitsev on the active roster, I just don't understand it, man. We don't need both of them. They're both seventh, eighth defensemen at the NHL level. And this is, again, a year where we're trying to learn. I would think they'd rather have Isaac Phillips up there and learn about him and have him develop at the NHL level as opposed to keeping both Tenorti and Zaitsev around, but so be it. That's what Luke Richardson and Kyle Davidson are going with right now. I personally don't agree with it, but what do I know? I just host a podcast and talk about it. And then Louis Crevier, the most uh, interesting news of the bunch, six foot eight defenseman, baby. Seventh round pick for the Blackhawks, made uh, out of the QMJHL, made the leap to the professional scene last year with Rockford, played in 62 games for them, tallying five assists. There's not much offensive upside there. But similar to Alex Vlasic, if he can figure out the skating thing, and it sounds like he's been getting better in those areas, the long reach of his to just break up plays and 
not give the opponents anywhere to go with the puck, both shooting it and in terms of passing it. And also the physicality that he provides. He's a lot more physically developed than Alex Vlasic is and a little bit bigger and just more thicker. Um, So I'm excited to see Louis Crevier in action more. He made his NHL debut on Sunday against the Wild. Um, But I didn't think he'd be the one to get called up. But at the same point in time, there's a lack of right-handed defensemen in the system right now for the Blackhawks. And that's led to, you know, Isaac Phillips playing his off wing. Um, We've seen Wyatt Kaiser play his off wing at times this season as well. Nolan Allen's been doing the same uh, for a good portion of the early season down in Rockford as well. There's a need for a right-handed defenseman right here, right now for the Blackhawks. Maybe that's the reason why Nikita Zaitsev is still around, but could open up a possibility for Louis Crevier to stick around at the NHL scene if all things go well. But really cool to see him. I mean, how many seventh round picks actually wind up developing and end up playing in NHL games? Crevier has been doing some good things down in Rockford and uh, Ice Hogs coach Anders Sorensen had some good things to say about him. So we'll see how long this stint winds up being. But uh, Louis Crevier, six foot eight defenseman, made his debut on Sunday skating next to six foot six Alex Vlasic. That's a big deep air and out there for the Blackhawks. We'll see if they wind up establishing anything in these next couple of games together. But undoubtedly, a slew of intriguing roster moves for the Blackhawks before another woeful loss on Saturday against the Winnipeg Jets. And speaking of that woeful loss, I'll get into the Blackhawks 3-1 defeat to the Jets and 4-1 loss to the Minnesota Wild here in just a minute, Blackhawks fans. But stay with me here real quick as I got to talk to you all about FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel because right now, New customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Again, that's a $150 if your team wins outright. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now because football season is getting into the nitty gritty here as we get towards the end of the year. And again, FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. All you have to do is pick any team to win on the money line with a $5 bet. And if you're a new customer, you'll get an $150 credit of bonus bets for the victory. And you can use those bonuses to bet on everything from the point spread to the over-unders, player props, and much, much more. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, one thing I love about FanDuel, when you win, they pay you out immediately. I know some other sportsbooks kind of take some time and you don't get to bet on the next games because your money's tied up. That doesn't happen with FanDuel. There's no better place to bet on the NFL than FanDuel. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, an official betting partner of the NFL. All right, segment two on Saturday afternoon after the Blackhawks made those slew of roster transactions, they still had a game to take part in against the Winnipeg Jets, the first matchup between these two teams in the Central Division this season up in Winnipeg at Canada Life Center. And when breaking down these two games for the Blackhawks this weekend, folks, quite honestly, I really think I'm going to sound like a broken record because it's all kind of falling apart for the Blackhawks in the last couple of weeks here following a pair of losses over the weekend, they've now dropped nine of their last 11 and the same problems remain evident. First off, offensively, it it, it still feels like they're never able to put 
it together. Whenever Connor Bedard is doing good things, the bottom six is absolutely quiet. Whenever, oh, 18-year-old Connor Bedard isn't able to carry the mail for this Blackhawks offense, the bottom six then pieces it together, and it feels like it's a nev- never a combined tremendous offensive output from the Chicago Blackhawks. And, you know, they only scored one goal on Thursday in a route to the Detroit Red Wings. They only scored one here on Saturday against the Winnipeg Jets. And quite honestly, it felt like the final score should have been a little bit uglier. The Blackhawks actually did kick off the scoring in that one. Uh, Connor Bedard, NHL's rookie of November, uh, was involved in all three goals the Blackhawks had on their three-game road trip. One goal in each of these games. This was the lone one the Blackhawks accounted for on Saturday. Actually, just a terrific play here from Connor Bedard. Not only did he force the turnover in the offensive zone, but somehow after Philip Kurashev's shot got blocked, I, I don't know how Connor Bedard, first off, wound up in the exact perfect spot to get that rebound. I mean, that's just kind of a knack good goal scorers have, right? They just know where to go on the ice. But I don't know how he got to that spot so fast. Like, all of a sudden, he forced a turnover at the top of the circle, and the next thing you know, he had looped all the way around to the left dot and then, you know, gotten down low on his stick. The puck absolutely rifles off of his blade whenever he shoots it. Beats Connor Hellebuck to put the Blackhawks ahead one to nothing. Just a marvelous play there from Connor Bedard for his 11th goal of the season. That extended his road point streak to eight games. But that's all the Blackhawks accounted for. The offensive depth. I mean, I know this is a forward group that's now going to be without Corey Perry for the rest of the season. Obviously, his contract's been terminated. Uh, Taylor Hall's out for the rest of the season. It's not pretty right now for the Blackhawks up front. It probably wasn't going to be pretty for them with those guys being healthy. And now two of the biggest, you know, shoulders that we could lean on in the offensive categories, they're no longer around for the rest of the way. So it, it really is an issue for the Blackhawks right now. They're just not getting any, you know, depth scoring when they need it. Um, And then when the depth scoring does score, the top six is having a cold game. It just really feels like they're having to rely on 18-year-old Connor Bedard so much. And, man, it's got to be frustrating for him that, legit, his first year in the NHL as a young 18-year-old, he he is this Blackhawks offense. Him and Jason Dickinson, right? Like, no one else is really able to get in a groove here, it feels like. And it's really unfortunate for the Blackhawks offense. The other problem that remains with them is just the the defensive breakdowns, and it goes hand-in-hand with the penalty kill, too. That's what allowed the Jets to tie this game one-to-one. Cole Perfetti gets a deflection in front of the net, but how did he get it? No one's there in front of him to knock his stick down or, or take the body in front of him, you know? And these are the same problems that we're seeing plague the Blackhawks' penalty kill. That tied the game up one-to-one after 20 minutes. Uh, the second period was really when the Jets started to take control. They only scored one in that period, but the Blackhawks were probably a bit fortunate that was the case. How did the goal come, though? It's a breakdown defensively. Uh, Kevin Korchinski gets caught up ice a little bit in transition. Anthony Beauvillier, who, by the way, did make his Blackhawks debut on Saturday, wasn't able to play on Sunday in Minnesota as he's still having visa issues. I put out on social media um, the the gif of Patrick – or. Uh, Squidward watching Patrick and SpongeBob having fun when he's watching from like the upstairs of his bedroom. And I tweeted like Anthony Beauvillier watching his new Blackhawks teammates uh, leave Vancouver without him as he has to, or uh, excuse me, leave Winnipeg without him as he has to stay in Canada. Regardless, Beauvillier unfortunately wound up getting back there and it looked like there was kind of some miscommunication. Also, it's never really good when you have a forward 
back on defense in situations like that where he has to go one-on-one with the speeding Jets forward. Barron ends up beating Arvid Soderbloom uh, to put that to put the Jets ahead two to one. That one ended up winding up being the game winner. And I saw some people were critiquing Arvid Soderbloom on Twitter for giving up that goal. And I get there have been frustrations with Soderbloom this year, and it hasn't gone the way that we've wanted it to go. On, wanted it to go for him, and there have been times where it feels like he just hasn't been able to make that stop that his team desperately needs him to make. But in this game, he was not at fault for the Blackhawks. I, I mean, he wasn't the reasoning for the loss. I mean, a perfetti tip on the first one, nothing he could really do there. Nothing he could do on the Jets' third goal of the game. Yeah, he gave up a breakaway goal here, but at the same point in time, it was a blunder from the Blackhawks' defense as well, and. That continues to be the case early on. So it's probably a combination of two things. Do I think Arvid Soderblom has been as good as I wanted him to be? And has he been underwhelming so far this year? Yes, undoubtedly. But I also don't think the Blackhawks defense is doing him any favors and is also a reminder of just how good Peter Morazic truly has been for this Blackhawks group. I know they are 7-16-0 and now, but I don't even want to know what they'd be without Peter Morazic. He was that good for them uh, early on in the year when they got off to that 7 7- 11 and 0 start. They might've been seven, 10 and 0. I can't even, or, or not seven, 10 and 0, five, five, seven and 0. I think they were at one point in time. I don't know. All these losses are starting to blend together because it's the same thing every different game. I mean, it, it's just really defensive breakdown after defensive breakdown. The penalty kills are, are costing them. The power play is super inconsistent. Although on Sunday, it did look a little bit better. I'll get there in just a second. Um, and, and then They just can't get uh, enough depth scoring. I mean, it's the same thing over and over again. The Blackhawks wind up losing this one, three to one to the Winnipeg Jets. Connor Bedard's their only source of offense. That's a common theme recently. Arvis Soderbloom, I thought, was he spectacular? No, but he did his job and probably did enough for the Blackhawks to uh, hang in that game had they been able to score more than one goal. But yeah, the same problems just continue to bite this Blackhawks team in the butt. Connor Bedard, I mean, really tried to will this Blackhawks team back. And that outing on Saturday, no one was doing anything. Even the 17-16-15 line of Felino, Dickinson, and Anderson, who's been really good, they went quiet up in Winnipeg. It was all Connor Bedard, Anthony Beauvillier, and Philip Kershev, which could be encouraging for the top line of the future. I mean, clearly they need some help up there along with Connor Bedard. Anthony Beauvillier, I thought, looked really solid. Him and Bedard had some a uh, good puck movement with one another. And, and that top line legit was the only trio that found success for the Blackhawks on Saturday. So maybe that's one encouraging sign that we can keep in our minds moving forward. But another woeful loss from the Blackhawks as they fell three to one to the Winnipeg Jets in the front half of their back-to-back. And coming up in just a moment here, Blackhawks fans, I will break down uh, Sunday's four to one loss to the Minnesota Wild, as well as Lucas Reichel, getting healthy scratched for the first time this season. But first, I need to talk to you all about Sleeper. The NHL season is finally here. The Vegas Golden Knights going to reign supreme once again. I love the NHL. I love hockey, and I know all of you do out there as well. And that's why I'm here to talk to you all about Sleeper. Sleeper is my go-to platform for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey, because the NHL has literally never been more exciting, and Sleeper gives you the chance to win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy action. And I mean, we got superstars in the NHL like Jack Hughes, Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, Leon Dreisaitl, Kale McCarr. The list goes on and on. And of course, our baby boy, Connor Bedard here in Chicago. And all you have to do with Sleeper is simply select plus or more 
based on their stats provided, such as goals, assists, points, saves, and more. And again, Sleeper offers you the chance to win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy action. So start paying attention, make the right picks, and you could win real big. Entries can be made in under 30 seconds, and Sleeper is live right now in 28-plus states. And you can also go and use the promo code listed down below, locked on NHL in all caps, and you'll get up to an $100 match on your first deposit with Sleeper. Again, that's promo code locked on NHL in all caps, and go and see Sleeper's terms of use right now for more details. Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, if you're still tuned into this point of today's episode, let me just say thank you so much again for all the support. It really does mean the world to me and it keeps me going day in and day out. And if you could help me out, if you haven't already, by hitting that like button, subscribing to the channel, commenting down below as well, please make sure you go and do that. It all helps drive the YouTube and Google algorithm in my direction. So I certainly would appreciate all of the help. And also make sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well. I've been sharing a lot of cool Blackhawks related content there. Any videos or pictures that I could get of Connor Bedard and some highlights of prospects and such, and also clips uh, live right here from the show. So make sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well if you haven't done that already too. All right, segment three, the Chicago Blackhawks put up another stinker in their back half of the back-to-back on Sunday. They played the Minnesota Wild, another matinee matchup. First time that these two Central Division teams also meet up this season. The final result was nothing too dissimilar from what we saw in the previous two games before the Blackhawks headed back to Chicago. But what I do want to get into first was a lineup decision made by head coach Luke Richardson. I know I said Louis Crevier made his NHL debut on Sunday. Anthony Beauvillier wasn't in the lineup due to visa issues, but I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is 2021, 2020 first round pick, excuse me, 17th overall selection, Lucas Reichel getting sent a message by Luke Richardson and the Blackhawks staff, Blackhawks organization, Blackhawks fans that he needs to be better. And man, tough point to reach, but I do think it's justified at this point in time because Lucas Reichel just hasn't been visible enough, not on a nightly basis, not as a whole on the season. And he's simply too talented to be this ineffective or this inconsistent for this Blackhawks team, especially when I outline they're down Corey Perry, they're down Taylor Hall. They need Lucas Reichel to step up his game and Maybe it's a little unfair that, you know, he's only 21 years old and he's still figuring it out at the NHL level. It's not like he has a full season under his belt or anything. Coming into this year, I believe it was 27, maybe 30 NHL games, something along those lines. Not even a half year's worth of action. So yes, maybe it is a little unfair, but at the same point in time, we've seen it before at the NHL level. And what we saw in the preseason and in training camp, All those things told me that Lucas Reichel could be on the precipice of a real special season. I wasn't just drawing those conclusions up out of thin air. It was because how special Lucas Reichel looked. And if some of you remember in my bold predictions to start this Blackhawks season, I said Lucas Reichel was going to be the leading point getter for the Chicago Blackhawks. That is not going to happen unless something severely changes the rest of the way because Reichel only has six points through 22 games this season, two goals, In four assists, he's been playing 
a top six role the entire year. Yeah, he's just now starting to get, uh, uh, I mean, he's already been demoted from it, but just in the past couple of weeks, he was finally getting opportunities with the Blackhawks top power play unit, but he was still on the second unit, even though that was very ineffective for the Blackhawks, still getting those opportunities and he just hasn't been good enough. And when you hear sometimes Blackhawks veterans like Tyler Johnson after that shitty performance, his words, not mine, to the Detroit Red Wings, you hear him say that some guys just need to bring more. And you hear Luke Richardson say it after bad losses. Some guys just need to find ways to give more. And Lucas Reichel, it feels like they're talking about him because he's just too talented to have this poor of an output. And Things have gone better for him recently. He had the lone goal for the Blackhawks on Friday or on Thursday against the Detroit Red Wings. Um, he's been picking up his play and, and getting a little bit better, but it's still not, I think, where we need him to be. And Saturday on Winnipeg, I think Luke Richardson reached a boiling point because I went and, ba- went and doubled back on the box score. Lucas Reichel played under 12 minutes that game. And I mentioned no trio was effective other than the Beauvillier-Bedard and Kurashev trio, and it felt like it was one of those games where the Blackhawks, that line was giving it their all. Connor Bedard was trying to will this team back, but no one else was able to help him out. And again, maybe it's a little unfair that it's happening to a 21-year-old Lucas Reichel, but that kind of falls on his shoulders with the talent level that he has and being a first-round pick and the opportunities that he's given, he just needs to do more. So I, I do understand why the Blackhawks coaching staff and Luke Richardson kind of felt the need to send him this message to healthy scratch him for the first time this season on Sunday against Minnesota. I don't think it's going to be an extended scratch. I expect him to be in there when the Hawks take on the Nashville Predators at home on Tuesday night, but it was time to send a message because Lucas Reichel has been too absent far too much this season. And look, this is what Luke Richardson has been talking about too. This shouldn't be anything surprising. He said, you know, we're going to let these young guys play. We're going to give them those opportunities, but what we ask of them is that they don't make the same mistakes again and again and again. And that's what led to, forget which game it was, not too long ago, it might have been against Toronto. Kevin Korchinski got demoted from the Blackhawks' top power play unit because he made some bozo passes, wasn't you know reading the plays correctly, and was just making the kind of the same mistakes. He had two costly turnovers that led to both goals for the opposition. And the rest of the way, Luke Richardson kind of gave him some tough loving by not playing him and not giving him an opportunity on the top power play unit. And that's a prime example right there of you're, you're going to get an opportunity, but we're not just going to hand it to you. You still have to go out there and earn it. And it's the same message being sent right now to Lucas Reichel. And I think it's a proper message that, that should be sent. You know, we're not just going to hand you top six opportunities. You got to go out there and still earn it. And this team is relying on you to be better. So I do completely agree with the Blackhawks. Um, decision to healthy scratch Lucas Reichel. Hopefully it will be a little bit of a wake-up call for him moving forward because the Blackhawks need him to be better and they need uh, they need some depth scoring to help out with Connor Bedard on that top line because another one goal performance in this one on Sunday against the Wild and it probably should have been a shutout. The Blackhawks uh, only avoided being shut out with a, a power play goal late in the game from Taylor Radish for his fourth goal of the season. Speaking of guys that need to take their game to the next level, I think Taylor Radish is certainly guilty of that as well. Um, one of the only bright spots from Sunday was the Blackhawks power play looked like they finally, uh, got the energizer bunny jolt in them. Um, even on their first power play chance of the game, it was their best power play of the season. They were moving the puck back and forth chance after chance. Kurashev had some good looks, but Dard had some good looks. 
Uh, Radish in the bumper, which I think is a good idea. They had some good opportunities. Didn't get the finished product until later in the game, but hopefully that'll get the power play going because that'll certainly help this Blackhawks struggling offense at five on five. Lucas Reichel, by the way, He's been on the ice for just six five-on-five goals in 22 games this season. That's simply not good enough. But the same problems hindered the Blackhawks once again on Sunday. Penalty kill woes. I mean, at this rate, they're going to have the worst penalty kill in the league by the end of next week. It, It was that brutal. And one thing I should point out is the Wild do have the worst penalty kill in the entire league. So maybe that's why the Blackhawks power play finally looked, uh, sustainable on Sunday is because the Wild's PK is bad, but excuse me. Blackhawks gave up two power play goals in this one. I think they've given up PPGs in 12 of their last 15 now. It's been absolutely brutal. The penalty kill can't get stops. Uh, and just backdoor tap-ins and easy redirects in front. It's the same issues. And Connor Murphy and Jared Tenorti were on the ice for all three goals for the Minnesota Wild in the first period. So it's not like it's just the rookies that are blowing it right now for the Hawks. It's the veterans too. And completely unacceptable for a little bit more understanding with Jared Tenorti just coming back from injury, but Connor Murphy, he's been bad this year, man. And I've had this debate with one of my good buddies, shout out big will, but he's someone who posts a lot of good data on Twitter. And he messaged me saying Connor Murphy's always at the bottom of these stats. What's up with that? And I think it could be a combination of two things, but the eye test is also telling me that he's not been very good himself. I also think it doesn't help that he's played mostly with, uh, 19-year-old Kevin Korchinski this year, who, you know, is Murphy is a reliable defensive guy. Um, Korchinski, that's certainly not the strength of his game, and he's undersized and still trying to figure it all out himself. But still, Connor Murphy should be doing better, and his numbers are absolutely putrid, and quite frankly, they've been putrid for the last couple of years. Even when Jake McCabe, who's kind of a similar-ish defenseman in our minds to Connor Murphy, he was putting up much better analytics and much better numbers um, than Murphy was. So he's got to take his game to another level, but all in all, the Blackhawks defense is just piss poor right now. And the amount of backdoor tap-ins and easy redirects that they're giving up. And the, the fact that it's the same thing game in and ga- game out, I've seen this brought up on Twitter. Luke Richardson's kind of going to have to answer some questions here for the first time in his Blackhawks tenure, because it really seems like whatever do, they're doing right now, it just isn't working. And yeah, that falls on the players, but When it's the same problems game after game, some of it's got to get kicked up to the coaching staff too. So for the most part, I've thought Luke Luke Richardson has done a really good job for the eggs that he's been handed in his basket, but there is going to come a point in time where he's going to have to live up to those expectations a little bit more. Those times aren't right here right now. And we're not going to really learn about Luke Richardson as a long-term head coach with this Blackhawks team, but it is just something to point out that these same problems continue to hurt this Blackhawks squad and, Feels like right now they don't have any answers for those problems. So something to keep an eye on. Can the Blackhawks coaching staff make those proper adjustments? Can the players be better out there on the ice? Seems like everything's going wrong for the Blackhawks right now. The offense is bad. The power play is inconsistent. The penalty kill is bad. The defense, they give up easy goals. And now we're even critiquing the coaching staff. So that's going to give you all the insight you need to know about how big of a struggle it's been for the Chicago Blackhawks lately. Scoring just three goals goals total during their three-game road trip. They've now lost nine of their last 11 and sit 7-16-0 through uh, 20, what is that, 20, oh boy, this is embarrassing, 23 games on the season. The Blackhawks at 7-16-0, not very good, just like my math. All right, I think that's going to wrap up today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show. Be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks right now for free wherever 
You may be listening to your podcast and go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. Go and subscribe to the channel, I mean, and that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Go and show me some love on X at Jack Bushman 2. Or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.